Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. Welcome to Church Online. And as always, it's so good to have you with us. And today, I want to help us understand that God speaks to us because there are those that believe that when the Bible was completed, that God had done speaking to us. It was finished. No more. Well, there's no support for that in the scriptures at all. God is still speaking. He is always speaking. And he is still revealing things to us if we will have ears that are open to hear what he wants to say to us. Then I believe we will hear the voice of God in our lives. And how many of you know we need God's voice? If you're a parent and you have kids, you need to hear the voice of God. If you're a student, you definitely need to know the voice of God. If you have any decisions that you have to make, if you're a businessman you know, or a business owner, you need to know the voice of God. You need to know who to hire, who not to hire. And he wants to speak to you in that kind of way. You've got to know that. And so I pray that he will give you the spirit of discernment. He'll give you the spirit of discernment in your life, even if you're a business owner, where you would say, you know what? We're not going to make that business deal, even though it looks so good and great. I just feel there's a prompting from God's spirit within me that he's speaking to me about this and we're not going to enter into this. And you know what? I know so many people that have had that experience and years down the road have said, oh, I am so glad we didn't get into that relationship with them because they are now bankrupt and we would have been finished. That's God speaking to you. And I am amazed at how many Christians don't know the voice of discernment, the voice of God. They're sucked in by everything and everyone. And some of you, you're single and you need to hear the voice of God. Some of you need to hear, hey, break up with him or, or whatever. God's trying to speak to you. And it's so powerful when you learn to get in tune with his voice. You know, I remember being a very young boy when I first understood that God wanted to speak to me, to me. And now I depend upon it every single day, leading the church, leading my family. I can remember when I came to Paul, coming to Paul and visiting some farms where I could see some land was just standing bare. And I found out that the crops would be rotated so the fields would go through a period of time when they would just lie fallow. It was what was best for the soil. At some point, the crop wasn't going to produce the kind of harvest that was wanted if the soil was overused. And as the harvest was the farmer's income, they needed the soil to be healthy, to produce a healthy crop, to be able to get maximum price at the market. If you don't rotate the crops, the seed won't respond to the soil correctly. So I want to talk about that idea today that you need to have good soil in your heart to be able to hear the voice of God. So if you're ready, then come on, say it like you mean it. My heart's open. My mind's ready. I won't be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. You know that God is talking all the time? All the time. But we may not be in a place where our heart is receptive or willing to hear or know his voice so that we can then be obedient to it. We don't just want to hear the voice of God. We want to be a people that obey it. Amen? So how do we test our heart? 
How do we test our heart to get the right soil so that we are receptive? Because if we have a bad heart, I believe God can be speaking to us and we won't get the message into our heart. Look at what the Bible says in Luke 8, reading from verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path. This is type one, all right? It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. That's another type. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seeds fell among thorns. There's the third type, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. Somebody say good soil. I mean, this is good soil. That's our fourth type. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. How many of you want a hundred times more harvest than was sown? When he said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's not addressing deaf people. No, Jesus is letting us know that God is always talking, but we may not always be listening. That there could be a disconnect in the reception of us hearing the voice of God. And it says, he who has ears, let him hear. This means that there is something in our responsibility about hearing and having the ear to hear. This isn't, oh, one day I hope, you know, I just become a super Christian and then I'll really know God and then I'll really be able to hear what God's got to say. No, he's saying, he who has ears to hear, your responsibility is to hear. It's God's responsibility to speak. So we see that there are four types of hearts or four types of soil. And the last one is the kind of heart that I believe God wants us to have. A heart that can hear the voice of God in our everyday life. He continues in verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. So now he is giving us the meaning. The seed is the word of God. So the seed is God's voice. And some people say, no, that's the Bible. You know, we must read the Bible. No, they didn't have the Bible. It wasn't completed yet. This is God's voice speaking. The seed is the word of God. You've got to know that. Those along the path are the ones who want, who want, who hear. So the path is our hearing, the place where our heart is. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from in their hearts. So the devil comes along and takes away the word in their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Now, heart condition number one. Heart condition number one is a cheated heart. A cheated heart. The Bible says the seed came along and was thrown on the path, but the devil, the birds, came along and ate it. Ate all the seed representing the word of God. The path represents our heart and the robber represents the devil. And that is why it's the cheated heart because your heart gets cheated whenever a word is dropped into your heart from God, but the enemy comes along and robs the word from you. 
So if you have a cheated heart, you don't get the full benefit of the blessing of the word that he was showing into your heart. And there are a couple of ways that our heart gets cheated. You need to know that. Number one is because of our own sin, our own sin. Now you need to know this. The rock is a life-giving church. We speak to your potential, to the good things of God in your life. But at the same time, we want to speak in truth with life. We want to speak with grace. We want to tell you the truth. And to be honest, this is not that you are more holy if you think of yourself as the, the scum underneath your shoe, you know. No. I have found out that I am not the scum. I am the head and not the tail. I'm the first and not the last. I've been called by God. I've been chosen by God. And I've learned some things about who God says I am. But I've also found out that I can still make choices that are opposite or different to what God wants for me. And when I've done that, made choices contrary to the will or purpose or, or standards of God for my life, then that is what the Bible calls sin. And sin simply means missing the mark. It means I'm going this way and God wants me to go that way. That's how it is. And maybe you've heard people say, repent, you know, repent, repent, turn or burn. And so now you associate this statement with anger and judgment. No, repentance simply means I'm walking one way and I'm going to turn around and go another way. It's just that simple. It means if I'm walking away from God, he then convicts me of my sin. So I repent and I go, you know what, God, you're right. I want to do it your way. I'm going to go your way. But with a cheated heart, the word gets robbed from us when there's sin in our life. Another way that our heart gets cheated is when somebody does something to us and we hold that, we hold onto it and we carry it in our heart. We carry the bitterness, the anger, uh, the judgment. And when we get bumped, it spills out. A youth ever saying, what you fill spills. I love that because it cheats us. We think we're getting back at them. You know, I'll get them, you know, but we're cheating ourselves. I'll show them. We make it about them, but it's cheating us. And when that is in here, the word can't establish a root in our heart to show the way that God wants us to go. You know, at a conference some years ago, a man really got under my skin. He was campaigning, talking about his righteousness, and uh, it, it got into my spirit. <clears throat> and I had to go up to him at another conference and say, you don't know this, and it's silly, when I say it out of my mouth, but I've got some bitterness and a grudge that's built up in my heart towards you. And I'm here just to say, I'm sorry. It's crazy because at the time, as time went by, I made up stories in my mind that didn't really exist. I assumed some things and allowed that assumption to run rampant in my mind and then filtered everything he did and said, through that filter, so I had this view of the Holy Spirit convicting me. God spoke to me and told me I needed to deal with it in my life. And as I shared it with him, you need to know this, I walked away free. It was me. I walked away with a lightness in my spirit. I felt so good. But before that, 
it had cheated me. It had cheated me of some things God wanted to say. It had cheated me of some seeds of God's word that he wanted to plant in my heart. But my soil was contaminated. Can I tell you something? You need to listen. If you have some sin areas in your life, you are being cheated of the word of God. And here's the good news about our God. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, sometimes we need to confess them to God and sometimes we need to confess them to others. We need to know and have wisdom to know what to do. The Bible says, confess your sins to God to be forgiven and confess to each other to be healed. You've got to know that. You know, God, can we talk? We need to talk. God, I'm just so sorry for all this bitterness I carry. I'm sorry for holding a grudge. God, I know that that is not what you want for me. But I didn't get healing until I went to that person and said, I'm sorry for this bitterness. I'm sorry for my unforgiveness. Are you with me? 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, look at this. He is faithful and just and he will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Isn't he such a good God? He says, hey, you're walking the wrong way. Turn around. I've got a better way for you. So number one, the cheated heart. Let's see what soil number two represents. It says, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy and they hear it. So on Sunday morning, they hear the word. On Sunday morning, they're like, that's awesome, Mark. That's good preaching, Mark. And some of you need to work on that. You know, but I've got good goosebumps you know, all over my body. Uh, I've taken so many notes. I, I've tweeted what you said. I've, I've Instagrammed the word that was so good. They receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while. Come for a few weeks. Tithe for the month or two. Serve twice. I went to a small life group three times for a while. But in the time of testing, they fall away. This represents number two, the tempted heart. The tempted heart. Now, you're not always tempted to sin. Sometimes you are tempted to be distracted. The Bible doesn't sell. It fell on rocky ground and they had joy and, and they had no roots and then they fell into sin. No, no, no. Another translation says, the cares of this world is what robbed the seed from them. In other words, you can just get distracted. Yes, tempted into sin. That's the cheated heart. But when there's no root, the wind can come along and, and the word that God wants to speak to your heart is uprooted. So I can't hear the word of God in my life because I'm so distracted. I have to fight this all the time. I'm ADHD and I'm with you on this. I understand there are schedules. There's work schedules, kids schedules, and Netflix is calling for a, for a binge watch. Come on, somebody. And social media is calling you. And there are so many things trying to get our attention, you know, trying to, to get at our time. I heard of a person that was really overwhelmed. They, they were feeling so overwhelmed. And, and there was just so much happening in their lives. And, and their kids were feeling overwhelmed. And the advice they got honestly was, well, you need to get involved in more things. <laughs> what? 
And it made me realize, for some of you, busyness is the solution to your unsettledness. Could it be that we are unsettled because we can't hear the voice of God, because we are so busy? Could it be that we could, could easily hear the voice of our favorite actor? Oh, that's Dwayne Johnson. That's The Rock's voice. Or, 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 you know, we could come to a place where we could easily tell the voice of our favorite singer. You know, oh, that's Beyonce. Oh, oh that's Justin Bieber. Could you just as quickly go, that's the voice of my Savior. I know his voice. I'll know his voice anywhere. You know, I have very expensive hearing aids. Here they are. Courtesy of the South African Defense Force when an explosion took place very near my head. And the nice thing about them is that they operate through my cell phone. And here they are, right here. I can function with this. And it's, it's so nice because I can select the right program and I can do it in an instant. And I can cancel out all the noise that is around me. If I go to a restaurant with somebody or if I'm in a noisy environment, I can cancel all the noise around, but not the noise I want to hear that is in front of me. And I think we need to figure out our spiritual noise canceling button in our life and figure on how to cancel the noise around us that we can hear the voice of God. And here's the deal. What will determine this or not is the level of desperation that we have. When you want to really see some TV or, or, or stream a series, you block out time. You put the kids to bed early. You know, you get the pop, pop, popcorn out or whatever it is that you like, your favorite ice cream. I'm going to sit in bed and I'm going to binge watch the whole thing all this Saturday. I'm starting Saturday morning and I'm going to binge watch all the way through till the end of the series. Why? Because what's important gets priority. Did you hear me? What's important gets priority. Don't tell me that worship is a value if you don't have time to worship. Let me tell you, if the voice of God becomes important in your life, you will find time in your day where you will say, I will not be tempted. I'm not going to be tempted by any distraction. I'm going to lock in to the voice of God. And I know this. If I don't switch off my phone and I see that dot that says I have an email, I'm telling you, half an hour later, I'm still reading the emails and the Bible is waiting for me. And God is saying, hey, Mark, who do you want to hear from? You know, sometimes you just have to clear the temptations out of the way. I'm going to, you know, put this situation as far away as I can from my life right now. And I'm going to get into the word of God because I want to hear the voice of God. So it's the tempted heart. This is what the Bible says in Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off. Look at the image here. It's action. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Everything that hinders and the sin. He points out the sin separately because he saw some things that entangled us are sin and some things that entangle us are just things that hinder us. 
Not everything that hinders you is sin. But not everything that has your attention is good. Did you hear me? Not everything that has your attention is good. You have to determine, is this good for me? You know, is it good for me to hear the voice of God? Or is it a hindrance? It's not a sin issue. You know, it's not a heaven or hell issue. It's not, you know, God sitting in heaven looking down and saying, I hate it when you're on Instagram. No, it's amoral. But is it the best thing for you? Is it hindering you? Is it stopping, you know, me from, from experiencing everything that God wants for me? If it's hindrance, then I may have to throw it off so that I can't run my race. What do I need to throw off to run my race? Because Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. In other words, the word just reveals a few steps in front of me, but it doesn't show me the whole path. So if I'm going to run my race, I must hear the voice of God in quick mode so that I can see every step that I'm taking on the path. The course of your life is not well lit. You've got to know that. That's why you need a guide. That's why you need to stick to the heels of the guide and listen to his voice. You have to throw off everything that hinders you. Okay, let's keep going. Number three, reading from verse 14. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Somebody say mature. So number three, the immature heart. The immature heart. I don't want to be mean or harsh, but there comes a time in your walk with God when you have to mature. And some of you have not matured. To mature, you have to do things that produce maturity. You know, as kids mature, you say to them at times, it's time to grow up a little bit. And Paul says it this way, there comes a point where you get off the milk of the word of God and move over to the meat of the word of God. And I'm concerned. I'm concerned because I know so many who have known God for some time but are still just sucking their dummy. And they are so unwilling to do things that lead to maturity. Let me give you some insight. We exist so others may live. That people that are far from God would become fully alive in Christ. The word of God says in John 10.10, 10, Jesus comes that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. In other words, that you might be fully alive in Christ. That means that you would meet Jesus, that your life would be transformed, and then you would grow in maturity, fully alive, fully growing up in God, fully made whole in Christ. But there are steps that lead to maturity. One of the good, great things that have happened to me in my life is I'm now a grandfather. And I've been watching little Sophia for the last 28 months, and she's making progress in moving to maturity. You know, I would be concerned if she was still lying in a cot and it never started to crawl. I would be really concerned if she wasn't walking at this point. But she is everywhere, I'm telling you, and she's fast. But before that, she would have to crawl a little bit. Then she started, you know, pulling herself up a little bit. 
And then she started walking around a little bit. She started holding things in her hand. Then she wanted to climb up, you know, some steps. And then she's pulling things out of the cupboard. Now, when she comes to our house, she knows where the biscuits are. And she brings me things. And she's got more words. She's starting to speak. And I remember when she indicated that I must feed her now, now. The other day, I told her to do something. And she looked at me. She shook her head. And said, no, no. I mean, I was like, whoa. You know, she's so cute. She started preschool and has learned some things uh, at preschool. Next, she'll go to grade one. Then she'll be in high school. And one day she'll graduate. And all of that is taking steps towards maturity. She's going to have to learn some things. She's going to have to do some things that she's never done before. She's going to have to learn how to deal with conflict without just throwing a tantrum. She'll have to learn how to make friends. She's going to have to learn all these new skills on the road to maturity. And here at The Rock, we want you to become fully alive in Christ. How do we do that? We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. We want you to discover your purpose and to make a difference in this world. But here's what I know. Some of us are still sucking the dummy. You know, because it's like, speak to me, pastor. Well, you know, you should go on a serving team. I don't want to serve. Feed me. Feed me. You know, I don't want to get into a small life group. Feed me. You feed me. You know, we're serving and this is how we behave. No, no, I won't. My, my, my way, my way. No, I'm not coming back to church. I watch online. I'm an online viewer now from now on. You feed me. We're trying to help you crawl so that you can one day walk, but you're unwilling to step out and do things you've never done in a way that you haven't done them before. I want to keep doing things my way. Yet you're wanting different results. You want different results in your, in your life, and that's the definition of insanity. Those that have matured in the Lord understand that whenever I serve others, including the vision of the house, God puts something in me and on me and grows me. And maybe we've learned something along the way that whenever I get into community with others, iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another person and I'm able to grow. And maybe what we're doing at The Rock is helping you mature so that the word doesn't fall and get choked because there is no maturity in your life. So because of the soil, we don't want to serve. We don't want to get into community. We don't want to submit to the vision. We don't want to be a tither. But then we're like, huh, what's wrong? What's wrong? Why isn't God speaking to me in my life? Where's God? He's silent. Could it be that the soil of your heart is not conducive for the word being planted in your heart. Listen, God is always speaking. He's always speaking. The question is, do you have heart soil that is receptive to what he wants to say to you? Are you maturing? My greatest desire as senior pastor of the rock is that you would mature, that you would know God in a powerful way and that you would find freedom in community with other people and you would discover the purpose of God that he's designed and planned and purpose and created for, for you and that you would make a difference in the lives of others. 
that you would realize that life isn't all about you. It's about others. And you will find as you serve, even serving the vision of this house, that you will hear from God. And when you're in community, you will hear from God. And when you are worshiping, you will hear God. I believe that. There are so many different ways that God wants to speak to you. But he's looking for some soil that says, I'm willing to mature. He's not expecting you to be mature overnight. It has nothing to do with age because I've met some incredibly mature young people on the stand, much more mature than, than some older people who have walked with God for years. Come on. If you're a child of God, then at least take the steps that lead to maturity. Are you with me? The mature heart. That is what the Bible says in Colossians 2.6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue, continue. I love that word, continue. Yes, I want my sins forgiven. Yes, I want a relationship with God. But that's not the end. Continue, continue. Crawl, then pull up, then walk, then go to preschool, then go to high school. Don't stop. Continue. Keep doing. Colossians 2, 6. Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as we taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And I think that's the result of a mature heart. You overflow with thankfulness. So number four, this is the final seed. It says in verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. It doesn't say a perfect heart. It says a noble. It's a pure desire who heard the word, retained it, and by persevering, by persevering, they don't quit. They don't give up. They don't stop short of everything that God wants for them. They hear the word and then they retain it. This is such a practical thing. That's why I say write it down. That's why I say take notes. Why? Because it helps you retain it. Why do I do what I'm doing? I'm trying to help you mature. That is retain the word. I'm trying to help you persevere. Why? So that it would produce a crop. Wow. What do you want to produce? Spiritual power, peace, faith, the blessings of God, the favor of God, discernment. Oh boy, some of you need that. Knowing when to do the right thing at the right time, when to go left, when to go right, you know, when to get involved, when to step back. We're trying to produce a crop in your life. So finally, it's this, number four, the willing heart. The willing heart. The heart that can hear clearly the voice of God. That's not the perfect heart but it's a willing heart, willing to go, I don't want to be cheated, God. Create in me a clean heart. When you point out things, God, I'm going to deal with it in my life. I'm willing to get rid of some distractions in my life. I don't want to be immature, God. I want to have a willing heart. I'm not here today to say, here's how you will hear the voice of God. So many want a quick fix formula that will be spiritually deep, you know, that will propel them forward in their life. But I've learned you can know that and it still does not compute because your heart isn't ready to receive it. But if your heart prepared and it's a prepared heart, 
then you can receive the voice of God. And I want you to know he wants to talk to you. I'm going to do my best to give you a filter as to how he talks to you. So I'm going to give you some questions to ask to know how God speaks to you. And you can filter every decision you make, everything you're going through, so that you can know the voice of God, that it's not, that it's not pizza, but it's God. That's God talking, not indigestion. That's God, not my flesh. You know, that's God, not my pride. But before I give you the questions, you need to have a heart that's willing and ready to receive the word of God. He has just very, very quickly some direction, three things to do that just, and, and I believe you, all you've got to do is just keep these three things in rotation in your walk with God. All you have to do is, number one, is examine. Examine. Examine your heart. God, examine me. God, tell me, show me. Is there anything in me that is making me or my soil or my heart contaminated? Will you point it out to me? Maybe some of you have to make a, make a phone call. Maybe some of you, it's just something between you and God and you've got to clean it out. You have to examine your heart. Number two, exclude, exclude. Exclude all the distractions. For some of you, this will give you a heart attack right there, but maybe you need to set aside social media for some time, maybe a week. <laughs> well, then what will I do with my time? Uh, duh, I don't know. Listen to the voice of God. Uh, read God's word. You know, maybe decide I'm going to get up early and not switch on the TV or go onto social media. Listen to me. I'm not against TV. I've got TV. I've got Netflix. I get it. But when it begins to distract from hearing God's voice, it's not worth it. So I'm going to examine my heart. I'm going to exclude the things that are distracting me uh, from the things of God. And number three, expect. Man, you've got to expect. I'm going to expect to hear. I'm going to come with expectation to hear God speak to me. I'm going to hear a word from you, God, today. I'm carving out time in my day. I'm going to set aside and I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to you expectant that you are going to talk to me because you are a good father. You are a loving father. And as I go through my day, I'm going to have my ear tuned in and I'm going to know what you are saying to me. I'm putting aside my fleshly impulses and I'm expecting to hear from you. And I'm telling you, when you do, God will speak to you. He will guide. He will lead you. You may not always get it right. I don't. That's why you need to be in community. But he's so good. He's so gracious that he will pick us up, place us back on the path, and he will point us in the right direction. I believe that God is speaking and I believe with all my heart, if you prepare your heart, you will hear the heart of God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much that you're a God that speaks and you're still speaking today. That you're speaking to every single one of us, even online right now today, God. And you're speaking to so many. You're speaking to some about your desire to have a relationship with them. And my prayer is that they will respond some of you listening to me right now, you need to know God personally. You want to know God and he wants to know you. Perhaps life has distracted you and there's some cheated things in your heart that need to come out. You have some issues and you know it. 
That's not condemnation. I'm not trying to pull you down. It's a fact of life. For some of you listening to me today, the Spirit of God has just nudged you and said, hey, it's time for you to grow up. It's time for you to take your next step, to move beyond just knowing Christ and to continue to live in Him. You need to grow in Him. So, God, somehow you've spoken today. You've spoken and may we be a people that respond accordingly. And please make today's message something that is rooted in our hearts so that we may hear you clearly, that we might retain the word of God, that we might preserve and that a crop might be produced in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Now, if you don't know Jesus, pray this simple prayer after me right now. You know in your heart you're not right with God, then just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I believe you died and rose from the dead. Come into my heart. I'm making you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you've just prayed that simple prayer, we believe that you've just got born again. That means your spirit has come alive and you are now a new creature in God. It means nothing more than you have a new beginning. I'm also so excited about what lies ahead as you grow and mature in God. And so until we meet again, share hope, show kindness, and continue to shine Jesus.